Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son, discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Across from me is the woman whose New Year's resolution is to listen to more Bruno Mars and Justin Timberlake. It's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And that makes me the guy who will be stealing New Year's kisses from a sweet little pupper, Izzy. I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast, the last podcast of 2021. Deb, just give us a quick synopsis of your 2021. But before you even do that, it, this is really just going to be a hodgepodge of items on today's show. We'll we'll talk about like the new Jeopardy champion Amy. We'll take a look back on the year of 2021. We'll talk about weird New Year's traditions. But you, as an individual, mm-hmm. how was 2021 to you? I feel like 2021 was either really great, like stupendous for you, for me, okay. personally. I mean, personally slash professionally. Uh-huh. Okay. Or it totally sucked. And so, I, how I are like we going to? How are we going to find out if it really sucked or if it was good? Or are you just saying that you only lived in the rarefied air or below the dirt at all times? I feel like that. that God, that's a great way to put it, Kevin. I feel like I lived either in the rarefied air or in the dirt. I don't feel like, though. I, I will say this: there, there probably you probably are my middle ground like being with you because I don't know if anybody's picked up on this yet with the podcast, but Kevin has become a terrorist in mood management. <laughs> mood management. Yeah. No, meaning like you're in charge of mood, like your own moods and you're like good at it. You're good at staying, hanging in the middle. And I kind of bob up and down from rarefied air to dirt and you will often grab me if I'm like a helium balloon that's bouncing. You will often, and I feel like grab me and yank me and look at me and go, you can hang in the middle. You don't have to go to all the highs and you don't have to go to all the lows. You can hang in the middle. But So really, I'm just looking out for you and your mental health. I'm not much of a mood manager as much as I'm looking at you being like, yeah. if I leave you up to your own devices, yeah. this yeah. could end up worse than expected. Yeah. I Listen. I have so many wonderful people in my life, and this year has proven beyond any other that, like, I've been blessed with just incredible people. At the same time, 2021 has just offered a lot of challenges. Now, some of the things that I could whine about, like people are going, like flying with a mask on, what a pain in the butt. Flying at all, what a pain in the butt. I mean, you don't know where you're going to end up for how long. I mean, it's just not kind of what it used to be. Um, But the good thing was I was normally always flying to go see people and places that I really wanted to go, see people I really wanted to see. And so, I mean, that in the end, it was always really good. You know, obviously, um, a husband and a father having cancer, very serious. Those things, you can often lose perspective, right? You know, um, on any given day. And depending on the news that you get with treatment and all that, people who have, you know, lived with this before us know what that's like, the ups and downs of that. But overall, I'm going to give it a good year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a good year. I think the good outweighed the bad. And I want to say, even with dad going through what he's gone through. And I hope that people know what I'm talking about when I say this, you know, sometimes in the middle of the biggest storms or the biggest challenges, 
you have some of the greatest conversations, you have some of the greatest moments, the things that will stick with you forever. I mean, those are all good things. So, you know, I try to not spend as much time in the dirt. I'm trying to. So this is this is the difference up. between Deb and I, and this is why I'm not a, a master of emotional manipulation, but this is just how I think of things. Deb says, well, you know, you have a husband who has cancer. And, <laughs> and I say, you have a husband who has cancer who's still alive. Yeah. I have a dad who has cancer who is still walking around, who is still being a bit of a pill, and who oh, yeah. has enough energy and emotion to where we can not only feel good about him, but we can also be annoyed at him. And so that when somebody says, how's your year going? I say, my year's <laughs> great. My dad might have a different opinion on his year. But as I said to somebody the other day, if I wanted to, at 10 o'clock at night, walk down the stairs and wake him up and have a conversation with him, I could. Well, you could, and he would get up and do it. I yeah. mean, that's the other part, because 10 o'clock at night means nothing to him right. now. Right. No, nothing at all. So as so that's where, that's where I'm not trying to manipulate myself. I'm just looking at it. There's one way you can look at that, which is dad has cancer. Isn't that the worst? Or I can say, dad has been diagnosed with cancer for almost two years. And though he has certainly taken a turn, he still annoys you when you drive with him. He can still poke fun at himself. Yeah. He is still totally ambulatory, walking around right, the house, right. even if it, even if it's for small bursts of time. So, I mean, I don't know when I became the optimist in my life. At, at many points in my life, I was the cynical pessimist. And I like that role much better than having to look at mom and being like, Hey, um, you've been playing in the dirt a long time and you look like pig pen from Charlie Brown. Maybe we clean ourselves up a little bit. Well, because I always was the optimist 100% of the time. When did this happen? I think, well, I think as soon as you give a little that way, then I can give, go a little. No, that's not how that works. We're both supposed to go in the same direction and then we'll meet dad in the total, absolute manipulation of reality where everything around us is burning, but we're going to look at you and be like, everything's a-okay. So I'll give people an example because I know people wonder like how we can laugh so much. And I said to somebody today, I mean, like he's still my husband. He can still annoy the hell out of me. Totally. Right. And I'm sure me too, him. Of course. Yeah. So I came and (laughs) he laid down for a nap and I'm like, come on, we got to go. Your oncology visit is, is right now. And he goes, it was 12... 1215 for a 1245 appointment. He goes, it's at 345. I go, nope, it's at 1245. Come on, let's get going. Well, he threw on clothes and everything, got out the car. He was not happy um, because, you know, I had to rush him to get there to check in, to have them tell him it's 345. Yeah, that's a tough L for you right there. (laughs) Oh, it was such a lose. And then the worst part was I pulled my phone out and I looked at my phone it was 345 in my phone. That's if the only worst looked. part. And so they were nice enough to say, hey, I think we can squeeze you in. Yeah. Just hang out. So that part was good. Yep. Then dad got on the scales because they always weigh him. And the Wayne is, he is like a teenage anorexic girl because she's hoping, I guess, that she doesn't gain weight, right? The anorexic the teenage girl. Teenage anorexic girl is terrified that she will, yes, gain yes. weight and wants to thus lose weight. Right. And he kind Speaking of, from personal experience as a teenage anorexic girl. Yes, yes. Well, I would have just imagined that a teenage anorexic girl would hate to get on a scale no matter what. I think a teenage girl hates to get on a scale yeah, no matter what. And then girl. some girls might say, as women, we hate that experience too. Exactly. And then let me let you know that men, 
Yeah. Hate that too. Oh, okay. Oh, well, good to know. Okay. C- certain men. So dad dreads the scale at the oncologist. Yeah. You know, he has no control of it. So like a couple of weeks ago, he gained six pounds and he tried to claim like that he gained six pounds from food. From from eating at most 500 calories a day. And I'm like, no way. And, and then the oncologist kind of gives him accolades. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look at his stomach. He's bloated. The rest of him is skin and bones. That's water. That's six pounds of water. Yeah, oncologist and I go to the same pessimistic class every Thursday. <laughs> exactly. No, the same optimistic, optimistic class hunt. every Thursday. So nobody gave me any credit. Well, then we go the next week and he's down six pounds. And also, guess what? His stomach is down and normal. Yeah. And so then they're like, oh, he lost six pounds. No, he didn't. It's just the water. Right. It's the water. Okay. But then today when he got on, I was shocked. He lost 10 pounds. And both you and I had said, like, he looks really thin to both of us. So this is a perfect example of Deb choosing to talk about something that is going to not make her feel good because it's under the guise of, well, we're just going to talk about it. She has now brought this up like four different times to four different people in the span of the four hours that we've had this information. And these are the things, because you're not in control of your optimism right now. You're leaving that (laughs) up to me, where I have to look at you and say, yes, he's lost 10 pounds and that's not great. But Deb, does he know that losing 10 pounds isn't good? Yes. Yes. Does the doctor know that that's not good? That's not the point of my story. Oh, it's the point of your story, (laughs) negative Nancy. The point of my story is... So then I look at him and I go, mm, you're going to be in trouble. Like, I'm not like, I'm not going like, oh, he lost 10 pounds. That's yes, really you fair. are. No, I'm not. Yes, I look at him and I go, the doctor is going to yell at you. He's like, stop. So now I've annoyed him. Right. So we get in, we, you know, he gets his blood taken. The doctor did say to him, Gary, eat, please. I'm begging you eat. You've got to eat. So we did have a talk about food, but then we're driving home. And every time we're in the car, he tries to tell me either where to go or something's going to hit me or so. And it, he does it really kind of loud and boisterously. Yeah. So it shocks me. And then I go, don't, don't do that. You know? And so I said to him earlier, Hey, listen, I think you're mad at me because of the doctor's appointment. That was totally my fault. He goes, no, I'm not. And I go, I think you might be mad at me because I yelled at you to not yell at me in the car. And he goes, no, no I'm fine with that. And I said, uh, I think you, now I'm just guessing at things. I think you might feel bad because you lost 10 pounds. And he goes, yeah, I do. And I go, well, you know the answer to that? He goes, I know, eat. So while we were gone, he ate pizza and yogurt. And he was very, very proud of himself. All we ask for is that he eats, he takes care of himself, and that he tries not to find the silver lining in being able to see his own rib cage. That's what we hope is that he takes the facts that are in front of him and says, ooh, this might not be good that you could play xylophone on my ribs. Maybe I should have a Big Mac. I know. I offered him a Big Mac on the way home, too. I would have gone through the drive-thru and gotten him. Whatever well, yeah, because you also want a little you want a little cone for yourself. I want a little cone for Well myself. established on this podcast. Well, which then, let's say the other thing, too, that I could not eat for a week. And I would not lose 10 pounds. Yeah, but you'd, your body body's also not riddled with cancer. You'd have to cut off a body part for me to lose 10 pounds. I mean, eventually you'd get there. Eventually. If you just stopped yeah. eating for a month, oh, you'd get there. A month? Uh, only 10 pounds? Just try it. Ugh. Just try it. Ugh. So that's a that's a totally unintentional uh, Gary Zener update. 
brought to you by Deb, who <laughs> I think we all know maybe is shading a little more towards pessimism after I said, how was your year? And this yeah. is how it went. Mm. Kevin, how's your year going? Thanks so much for asking, bud. Um, <laughs> I think it's actually going extremely well, given the circumstances, because both my parents are alive. One is healthy. One is not so much. But they're both here. We we all make jokes. We all spent the holidays together. So as far as I'm concerned, that's a win. Professionally, things are going extremely well. If you would have asked me at this time last year what I would have wanted, I probably would have laid out 2021. I got to see friends I hadn't seen in years. I got to go on trips, both domestic and international. I started working with amazing people and continued relationships with amazing people. I developed new relationships um, in the form of friendships uh, as well as uh, partnerships. So I sit in a place of gratitude and thankfulness and appreciate everything that's happened, good, bad, and in between, because even the bad stuff, even the stuff that other people would look at me and be like, holy moly, how did you get through that? I would say, because I never lost perspective on what was the most important thing. And the most important thing is I'm happy, I'm healthy, and my family is still here. I love that, Kevin. Thank you. You know, Kevin, Somebody had to bring us back after that first 15 minutes of just Debbie Downer wah, wah, wah stuff. I think uh, I'm going to remember that I'm happy. I'm healthy and my family's still here with me. I love that. Well, that works up until it doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it. Yeah, that works up until yeah. it's not. it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't have to work forever. Yeah. It just has to work for a time. But speaking of pessimism, um, Deb and I got really angry at the weather gods on mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. And I kind of blame us for what's been happening in northern Nevada since yeah. then. We have been getting pummeled hammered, smacked in the face with snow to the point that a buddy sent me a screenshot of um, the freeways and highways system from Northern California to Northern Nevada. Mm -hmm. Less than 12 hours ago, you could not actually access Northern California. Every road, every single road was closed 12 hours ago. Oh, you couldn't go north? You couldn't go north. You couldn't go south. You certainly couldn't go west. And this is to say that the month of December, that when once they started keeping historical records for snowfall at Lake Tahoe, Donner's Summit, Mount Rose Summit, right. all of the different summits, we already set the highest recorded record for snowfall in the month of December on the 26th. We still had five more days left after that, mm-hmm. and we have not had a day where it hasn't snowed since then. The, the, the first record was something like 173 inches. On Sunday, or on Monday, the record was already set at 193 inches. Wow. I have to imagine we have sprinted past well, you 200 inches. You can't see the mountains at all. Nope. I mean, um, I had some friends from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, FaceTime me. I was in the parking lot of the grocery store. Oh, nice. And I flipped. They said, how's the weather? Because it was, oh, my God, it's like balmy there right now. And they're kind of annoyed with it, you know, meaning they wanted, you know, something that felt like Christmas. Yep. And so I did a flip on the camera. Of course, there was snow all over the cars in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. And then I tried to hold it. You know how there's that beautiful view of the mountains from the grocery store parking lot? The best view of the Sierra Nevadas oh, is in the Winco parking lot. It is. You walk out the door. This is not a lie. Nope. 
every single time you walk out the door of the Winko parking lot, you your breath is taken away by the view that you have. The mountains. True. It's crazy. Nothing. Socked in all the way down. I mean, you couldn't see Mount Rose. You couldn't see anything. And it's kind of been like that. I mean, I mean, I didn't think days. it was even supposed to snow today, and it has been snowing for the last 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's a weird, irritating snow right now. Well, what I didn't like was it was sticking earlier, and I thought, even if it's like a half inch, I still should probably shovel because I knew you and dad were going to go to this doctor's appointment. But like shoveling a half inch of snow such is such a waste yeah. of time. So I thought, get your morning coffee, do some work. Have your breakfast, and if like at 11, 30, 12 o'clock, there's still snow on the ground, you will have to put on your boots, and you'll have to grab the shovel with your gloves and go shovel so that my mantra of my parents still being around <laughs> exists at yeah. the end of the day. Fortunately, it started melting, but I actually like what's happening right now. There's snow falling, but nothing is sticking, which means the lake and the surrounding mountains are getting absolutely trampled with yeah, snow. So we sure. don't have anything down here, although we still have some residue of the snow, but they are just getting absolutely everything that they need up there, which hopefully means that we will have a less harsh summer that we can enjoy this year because all the surrounding areas get moisture and aren't going to burn for the next 90 days. But you know, in the spirit of optimism and pessimism, yeah. I think anybody that has listened to this podcast for any length of time would say that there's this little time of year called the fall mm -hmm. that we do a good job of really saying how beautiful the weather is. Yeah. And other than that, we just whine and cry about it. I mean, That's the true. weather gods are mad at us. Well, I, I mean, we stepped in it with the snow gods and like, our fault. Apologies. Our fault. Yeah, we're so, sorry. To the SGs, the snow gods, we just say, we're sorry. hand up. We screwed up. We shouldn't have come down mm -hmm. on you so hard. We asked for snow on Christmas. You gave us snow on Christmas. We weren't specific about the time yeah. we wanted it. Yeah. Hand up. That's us. That's our bad. Okay? We didn't say we wanted to wake up to it no, Christmas morning. We should have said that. Yeah, that's what we should have said. But I will never apologize for complaining about smoke. I'm not worried about COVID taking my life. I'm worried about having unintentionally inhaled 20 packs of cigarettes a day having lived here last summer. Yeah. Well, the fire gods could be, they could wreak havoc on, on us too. I mean, we have, so we have to be good to the sun and fire gods. Well, I, I'm good to the sun gods. The fire gods will never get my respect. <sighs> Kevin, Kevin, never. what you say. No, because I'm, here's what I'm doing. I'm giving respect to the snow gods. And by doing that to them, it will cancel, can, cancel out my disrespect to the fire gods. I'm with it. I want this water to slowly, slowly melt and seep into the earth way down so far oh, yeah. that a fire can't even think about starting this year. I'm with you on that. Do you know what I've, uh, some, this weird pseudo hobby that I've picked up in the Ooh, midst of the last me. three days. I've become a big um, live traffic webcam guy. Oh, now I used to do that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you go like, do you look, do you go Caltrans first? And so look them all, up? all I did was Google I 80 webcams and it gives me the webcams in our general area. Because you know, there aren't any in Nevada. No, they're all in they're California. All in California. Right. So there's Donner summit, there's Tahoe city, there's, um, um, Kings Beach, there's South Lake, there's like 12 there's that you can choose yep. from. Yep. It is exhilarating. It is oh, I know. so much fun looking at uh, webcams live as it's happening. There's a voyeuristic thing to yep. it. There's a suspense thing where you're watching all these cars drive on white, pure 
white and you're hoping in that 10 to 15 seconds that you're watching them, some horrible accident's going to happen. I mean, you're not hoping it, but if it happens, you're not going to be upset that you were tuning in for it. Well, you're also, you're like, okay, that black truck there, yeah. like, oh my God, it's not hardly moving at no. all. I mean, oh, they're going to be there for days, yep. right? I mean, oh, look, if you'd gotten off of that last exit, yep. you would have been fine, but you didn't. I mean, like the best great. part was when it was snowing over the weekend, a lot of the cameras weren't even working because the snowpack was higher than mm-hmm. the cameras were. And then you're just the, the thing that I also feel when I'm watching those webcams is I feel a, a sense of superiority that I wasn't dumb enough to start driving during yeah. arguably the worst winter we've yeah. ever had in like yeah. the last 25 years. So I just sit there looking at my iPhone, kind of chuckling to myself warm in my slippers. And that yeah. makes me feel better about myself, which in turn makes me feel better about my life, which in turn gives me a better, more optimistic view on the life I lead. I can go with that. Yeah, I know with the the whole Caltrans thing, what what will really annoy me though is if you get all you get geared up because you know you like I Google Caltrans, you Google something else, but it still lists all the cameras, their location, and we know them. You know Spooner, like you know Truckee, yep. Lake Tahoe, all that. But you go to pick one, and there's nothing worse than bad weather blowing against the camera. It says temporarily unavailable, uh, and I hate that. Like this is 2021. Do we not have all weather cameras? Do we not have cameras that are high enough to be able to get above snow? Although to be fair, they had 200 inches up there. So I don't know that anybody ever set a camera up thinking they were going to get more. I mean, can't the camera have a little, can it be heated so the snow would fall off of it? Well, I think you would assume it's heated, but no, it's probably encased in something so that the snow never Mm. touches the camera. So then it would still be kind of cold. Yeah. Hey, Caltrans, Caltrans. webcam, maybe you heat it up a little bit. So us weird ass people sitting in our home, staring at it as if something's going to happen can feel a little rush. I wonder if other, like, I wonder if other really snowy places in the United States have cameras like that on their highways. So uh, I remember my college had a webcam at the top of their library and this would have, this was 15 years ago. And so it was just like this weird webcam, but you could zoom in on stuff. Oh, you but could? multiple people could be watching at the same time. So you would zoom in and then 10 seconds later, somebody, somebody would zoom, zoom out. out. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty oh, fun. That's funny. Yeah. It was a good time. I mean, what a weird world we live in, but yeah, yeah. that was probably super state of the art then. I mean, for what it was. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even remember. Didn't I call you at some point and stand in front of the webcam being like, here I am. And it was like, I don't know, 10 frames yep, a second. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. It was crazy. We're a big webcam family. <laughs> If you have a camera anywhere and we have access yeah, to it, we'll, we'll wave watch. at it. Yep. Um, okay, Deb, we have been absolutely delinquent in mm. our Jeopardy fandom. Absolutely oh. delinquent. We have. We have not only one of the best players to have ever graced the Alex Trebek set. She's a woman. She's a woman. And this is really funny because... Uh, I feel like dad always does a courtesy watch with us on Jeopardy. And um, to give you an idea, she started out and was doing great way before daddy went into the hospital. Because I remember in the hospital, November 17th is when she debuted. And her name, by the way, is Amy Schneider. Okay, Amy Schneider. Because dad randomly said to me in the hospital, like, how's Amy doing? And I was like... Who? Amy who? Yep. Yeah, like who? You? Got a couple he, friends named Amy, but it's ex- weird that you're asking about them. Exactly. And he was talking about Amy from Jeopardy. Yeah. And uh, so Amy is crazy smart. The She's stuff she knows. Brilliant. Yeah. And last night, which was Tuesday night, she won for the 20th time. She's a 42-year-old uh, engineering major from Oakland, California. She's won 
like over $750,000 so far. She won for the 20th time, meaning she surpassed her female contemporary, who is Julia Collins. And what did Amy do? This is why Amy's the best. This is why Amy is the best. Julia Collins played in 2014. She won 20 games in a row, lost the 21st game. Julia Collins was known for wearing sweaters. She wore sweaters Mm -hmm. every single time. So Amy, in respect and recognition of Julia's accomplishments, wore a sweater last night because she knew how profound it was going to be and did it at the detriment of not showing off her pearl necklace because she always wears the pearls. So that's what I was going to say, which was shocking because Amy has a little small choker, kind of choker a little longer than that pearl necklace that she wears every single night. And after like she won like four or five times, I literally said that those pearls are never coming off. I mean, that's a thing now. And so last night she had on a sweater that had a little bit of a, a mock turtleneck. Yeah, it was like a tight fitting yeah. sweater without the. Yeah, I think a mock turtleneck's right, but like a little shallower than yeah. a mock turtleneck. Yeah, and it had a little stand up. But anyways, you wouldn't see the pearls, and they wouldn't have, they couldn't have come out of the sweater nicely. No. Um, I'm choosing to believe that the pearls were on underneath the sweater. Has to have been. But I don't know if you noticed she had on pearl earrings. Oh well, there you go. So I'm going with the pearls, and for her to pay homage to Julia was so sweet. She, as far as I'm concerned, listen, we started the year with Madame Odio, right? Which is insane. It's crazy that two of the top four winningest Jeopardy contestants happened in 2021. I don't even remember the guy's name who tried to hijack Jeopardy. What Mike was his Richards name? Is Mike Richards is probably taking credit for it somewhere, Here's the thing. somehow. Do I believe that Mike Richards still has his fingerprints on this? Maybe. Am I happy that Madame Modio is hopefully going to get canceled out by Amy Schneider? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that that's going to be the case. But here are her stats. As we mentioned, she is the tied for the fourth winningest contestant with 20 games. The only people that are above her, James Holtzauer, Madame Modio, and the current host, Ken Jennings. She is in fourth place. Um, oh, has she made more money than Brad? Did you, did you mention Brad? Brad? So Brad never won anything big. Like Brad never won a bunch of games. Brad only won money oh, Brad won with a lot tournaments, of yeah, but yeah, he won okay. it with tournaments. Okay, okay. And she is in fourth place for highest winnings in the regular season. She has $768,000. Next highest is Matamodio, and that pretty much doubled. Then above him, it pretty much goes up another million dollars. And then Ken Jennings is forty grand above um, James Holtzauer, who's in second. And then, it, then she is listed as the fifth winningest contestant, including tournaments, right? Wow. And that's where Brad yeah. Rutter is at almost $5 million. Yeah, then Ken Jennings at 4.3, James Holtzauer at 2.9, of Odia at 1.5, and then Amy Schneider at 768000 People forget what a big money winner Brad was. Brad gets kind of lost in the dust. I, I don't think he ever won. Like he won enough money to qualify for Tournament of Champions. And then he has won, I think, every single tournament he's ever participated in because he's nowhere on the career earnings. He's nowhere on the career games, but he is at the highest, including tournaments at almost $5 million. Yeah, that's amazing. Which that's is crazy. Amazing. But you should watch Amy. She's a breath of fresh air. Ken Jennings is totally enamored with oh, her. I'm so glad you said that because I was just going to say, I don't know if this is a story I'm telling myself, but I believe that she and Ken thoroughly enjoy one another. Totally. I mean, that's my read on the whole thing. I think somebody who has, talking about perspective, 
perspective and understanding of the grind that Jeopardy can be, because it's not, they don't film one episode a day. They film three to four, meaning she is up there for hours answering questions correctly. That is probably taxing both physically, emotionally, but more so mentally to just stay on top of it, on top of it, on top of it. And for somebody like Ken, who has done that, who's the first person to really bring Jeopardy Mm -hmm. into the pop culture spotlight, I think he totally appreciates and respects somebody who can do that in an even more competitive realm in 2021. Where it feels like, it feels like Ken never went home, right? Totally. Like Ken came to play Jeopardy and stayed. And that's what it feels like. I love it. I love that. I love Ken. I love Amy. I love Jeopardy. We're not a Wheel of Fortune house. No shame on anybody who watches Wheel of Fortune, but we are a Amy Schneider podcast for life. For fan, we're fans. We are huge fans. Amy yeah. Schneider, always welcome on this podcast. Wait a minute, we are stands. We're Amy Schneider stands. We're Amy Schneider. What does stands. stand mean, Deb? Like your number one fan? Yeah, super Is fan. That, I lo- see. I learned that on uh, our podcast. On our own podcast. So I can't think of anything better to springboard us into the topics of 2021 than having already referenced Mike Richards, who that was like the biggest thing on our podcast was how can we get this SOB out of here? And somehow we did. (laughs) We did. We did. We did it. We were the ones. This is why you you feel so good about yourself. You just randomly take credit for stuff. Here's what I know. I didn't hear any other podcast talking about it. I didn't Were hear you any listening to any other podcast. No, because but I, that doesn't mean I didn't hear it. Nobody else was oh as vehement. Nobody else was as expressive. Nobody else seemed to have cared about it as much as we did. Besides the female writer who who writes for the Ringer, who gave that huge expose on all of his weird podcasts yeah, and yeah. all of the weird stuff that's followed him. So, she was our friend. She so was our friend. As that. far as I'm concerned, she's second in line. She's oh, okay. we're 1A, she's 1B for making sure that Mike Richards had his due. Yeah. And he's gone. But let's look back on the year as it relates to pop culture, as it relates to things that we talked about on this podcast. I have looked at so many different websites to give me like a succinct look back on 2021. It's all over the place. I mean, but does it just keep mentioning COVID? I tried to find something that didn't have anything to do with COVID. Like, I don't need to talk about the January 6th insurrection. Okay, we all know about that. that. Well, and here's the thing. That happened. Yeah. Okay, so. And people are still going to jail for it. And that's good. Yeah. The COVID thing, guess what? We're still living with COVID. I tried to cancel COVID two months ago, and it gave me the middle finger and came hard back. I do want to say something about the insurrection. Yeah, so, go for it. You know, sometimes I have a different opinion than dad does politically, yep. right? And we were in the car, and they were talking about, remember the guy that wore the horns and had no shirt on? Of course. The sh- they call him the shaman or yep. whatever, okay? So his big plea on this whole thing when he tried to, you know, kind of get out of it and it looked bad for him in court, you know, was that he was mentally ill, that he's incompetent. I could have told you that. Well, okay, but you don't get to say that you had a good plan to take over the government and then declare yourself mentally ill. You can't do both. 
I don't know. Some people would say that that's what the president did. <laughs> so, and I mean either president. So dad, dad's listening to it on the radio, and it was really, really funny because they were using his own words. I mean, it was all his quotes, right? And then there was a thing from his attorney just saying like how sad and pathetic and pitiful because of his mental illness, yeah. right? And in an attempt to not have him go to jail, right? If you're one of the people who followed this guy blindly, yeah. are you like, Oh no, this guy <laughs> is claiming mental illness. And I was like, this is my shaman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And even dad turned and looked at me and goes, I don't think you get to claim both of those. No, things. it doesn't Not work at the like same that. Time. Nope. No. But the one thing, the one bright spot that came after that was the inauguration where we got uh, Bernie Sanders showing up at the inauguration Everywhere. wearing the mittens yeah. and sitting far away from everyone else. Just Classic, yeah. absolute classic grandpa vibes. Bernie Sanders being the best representation of Bernie Sanders imaginable. So we love that. Some of the other big stories, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle leaving the throne and exposing all the royal dramas on, on Oprah's show. Yeah. That was, that that probably, I, I only wish we could have been Londoners, Englanders, British Americans, British, yeah. uni- what are they called? British? Brits. Brits. To have truly understood what that felt like and on a know, cellular level. We missed an opportunity because you know who would have been in the know on that? Oprah. No. Oh. Bijan. Oh, our friend. Yeah. We, yeah. Sh- we should have talked to him when he was here. We didn't. We didn't. But that was, I just thought it was funny. I just, yeah. I mean, this is just like, you want to talk about first world problems? This do- This doesn't, this is 12 people problems. This is like family issues being aired publicly. That's all this is. But all of us are like, oh my God, can you believe they said this? Can you believe the royal family's racist? No. (laughs) Well, the only thing that makes me laugh about it more than anything is when Harry says, I mean, you know, my father cut me off. Thank God I had my mother's inheritance, (laughs) which was like, okay. And then I guess... Thank God my wife is an actress. Right. Do you know what I mean? And if if I had to put her out to yeah. work, she could work. I mean, you know? we were lucky to be able to buy a million dollar home in Santa Barbara. Million, oh, millions and geez. millions and millions yeah. and millions, you know. I mean, woe so, is us. I mean, but we had to forge security because had to. we are who we are. Right. Right. You know? I mean, we it, all feel it, bad for your hair yeah, bear. Yeah. Poor hair bear, right? I mean, seriously. So that was a big story. And uh, this is the thing that I really enjoyed. And we talked about this on the podcast was Time is a flat circle. J-Lo and Ben Affleck getting back together. I mean, what are we even doing? What? Okay, so if I'm Ben Affleck, yeah. right? And Ben always looks a little depressed to me. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Okay? And I'm not drinking because apparently he's not drinking. He's sober, right? Supposedly. Supposedly he's sober. Still smokes like crazy. I think that's what happens when you're on the wagon. <laughs> you know? And someone says, hey, I heard that J-Lo's going to dump uh, A-Rod. A-Rod. Like, is your first thing like... Ben Affleck's like, you I'm know... I'm going to call her? Like, what is your first thing? 2003 was a good year for me. Ex- Let's get the band yeah. back together. Let's get the band back together. I mean, it is so strange. And then did you recently hear the uh, quips from... Uh, he was on Howard Stern, and Howard Stern was asking him about all of it. Who? Asking who? Uh, ben Affleck. Oh, okay. And uh, he... First of all... 
He says things like, and I mean, the context, I mean, I read them in context, but still, it was sort of like I was miserable with Jen Gardner. Gardner. I could have told you that. Yeah. I mean, your like, your Academy Award winning speech was pretty much that you're miserable with your wife. Yeah. And that I'm, you know, like, it was good. We got out of that and, you know, love the kids and she's a great mom. Yeah. And all of it, you but know, also she I wants so to be miserable. Martha Stewart and it's yeah. not my vibe. I, I was so miserable with her. Um and then it was felt to me like I don't know real time with them, mm-hmm. but it felt to me like it was seconds. It felt to me like JLo literally thought, I think I might break up with A-Rod and Ben called. I mean, that's it felt so fast, didn't it? You know what I think is interesting about this is in our normal lives, we know people who cannot function without relationships. Right, they just right. can't. Celebrities are no different. They're human beings. They just right. have money and fame. That's it. These two are clearly the exact same version of the people we have in our own lives yep. of, I don't know who I am unless somebody else is hand in hand yep. with me. Yep. So the fact that these two who already had a previous relationship together, who were like at the top of both of their careers when it happened, would find each other again after marriages, after kids. They'd look at each other and be like, hey, I don't know that you're my person, but do you want to be my person for right now? And they're like, yep, let's yep. do it. I agree. I agree. It's a funny, it, it it seems like, I know people are enthralled with them. It seems like the oddest match. And yet I do want to say this, if they're happy, good for them. Sure. What I do mean, we care? Seriously, If they're happy, good for them. Uh, do you remember when that big cargo ship got stuck in the Suez Canal? Is it still there? <laughs> <laughs> no, if it was still there, it would have been there for almost nine months. I remember it getting stuck. I don't really remember it getting released. No, they definitely had to dig out the surrounding area. I think they had to pull it back or they had a tugboat like pull it to the right a little okay, bit. Okay. But it was stuck there for the better part of a week. And then like three months later, another ship got stuck oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But remember, everybody said that that was going to cause... The world to stand still. Prices were going to get jacked up. Yeah. Um, everything being shipped was going to be delayed. Everybody, th- this is the one thing that I, I hope we can all understand after having lived through the last two years. Nothing is ever as bad as other people want you to believe it is. Well, nothing is as bad. And here's the thing I want to say. I saw a thing, a quote by a speech from uh, Carl Sagan the other day. Mm-hmm. Carl Sagan predicted all of this, you know. 25, 30, 40 years ago. He pred- I mean, very specifically, he predicted everything that's happening today. Yep. So I just say shame on us. I mean, Carl Sagan, whether you liked him or not, was a pretty smart guy. And <laughs> I mean, of. I think you get to pay attention. At least part of the population gets to pay attention to what he says. And he was pretty much ignored. Um, and so, I mean, like we're sitting, we're sitting in, we're sitting in the muck and mire of things that have been foretold. We just yeah. didn't pay attention, which also makes me think. Go for it. This was like a smart thing now that I'm going. We were watching. What were we watching? What were we watching with the windmill? Oh, weird Rick Steves. Oh, I love okay. you, Rick Steves. We were watching Rick Steves on PBS. Oh, yeah. And it was all I think over- that's the only place Rick Steves <laughs> exists. <laughs> it was all over the Netherlands. And nobody wants to hear the side commentary that we have of Rick Steves. Or probably everybody does, but we won't do that here. If you've ever watched Rick Steves, the guy whose entire career is traveling across Europe and being the nerdiest person in the world while doing it, the antithesis of somebody like Anthony Bourdain, if you've ever thought a thought about Rick Steves, Deb and it's I have true. said it out We've loud. We've said it out loud. Yep. Rick, 
I'm telling you, we watched him take way too many cheese samples last night. Oh, that was the best part. So he's <laughs> he's awful. He's in Amsterdam and he's at a cheesemonger, and this guy is like shaving these little thin slices of cheese so that he can try them. He's like, this is a young cheese. This is only four months old. This is an older cheese. It was made by hand. It's five, it's five to six years old. And the guy is clearly shaving cheese to hand to other people yeah. because when he hands it in a direction, it's not towards Rick Steves, yeah. but Rick's hand just manages to find all the open cheese <laughs> that other, is all. supposed to go to other people. Yeah. Rick, I mean, Rick is trying to not eat it. There, he's on a budget there at PBS, but you were explaining to me, they showed us, which was very cool, which I'd not seen, the inside workings of a windmill. Oh, my gosh. And how the whole purpose, I mean, the purposeful windmill, like oh, what yeah. it really means that it's supposed to do. And the windmill, interestingly enough, has not like changed over hundreds of years. The windmill they showed us was 400 years old. I mean, that's what I mean. Like technology hasn't completely no. taken over. They have the electric windmills like we get for electricity, yep. but the real windmills to move the water and do all that. Yeah. And I think, what was he standing? Uh, Rick was standing something like 13 feet below sea level. Yep. And it was beautiful gardens yeah. and beautiful like farmlands where they planted food. Yep. And you said that New Orleans at one point brought people over from Holland. Now, keep in mind, Holland's been doing this for centuries, right? Many of centuries. them. Many centuries. And literally have created land that was completely underwater. They doubled the size of Holland yep. by expanding into the ocean yep. and creating dikes and levees and dams to create farmland, which because it's somehow salted, salted, ocean beds silt, some of the silt or makes for like yeah. the most fertile land in the world so yeah these people are very understanding of what it means to keep water away and they went to new orleans and what did they say like the whole system was too corrupt for them to be able to actually do anything yeah and it kind of too late you know and they said yeah, yeah the the if the things that that we've done don't won't exist for you because you're far too gone if you want some more radical things that will cost you billions of dollars, we can do that. But like the things that we did 300 years ago, none of that stuff's going to work for you anymore. You need some serious, yeah. serious money yeah. being spent. So it was, it was just so interesting to see how, I mean, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, completely amazing and amazing by today's standards. And that's talking Dutch. That's talking Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember that they had the 2020 Olympics this year? <sighs> Barely. Right. Because we were bored with them at the time, if you remember back, well, we were bored. They were they were late enough to where we never saw any of the good stuff. Yeah, and then I mean, shout out to Simone Biles for you know drawing uh, public attention to mental health. But when you don't have arguably the greatest gymnast ever performing, I mean, you still get extremely cool um, uh, happenings at the Olympics. But they're not like it. You want to watch greatness, and you want to be able to say, "I watched the best ever." Do it, and so it lacked yeah. a little bit. Plus, the time, the the, the time, the time changes suck. It's it, the it was, worst. It was so far opposite us yep. that you know you had to like not listen to the news, not read a newspaper if you wanted to watch it. You know to have totally. any appreciation. Yeah, it was the timing was off. You know the Simone Biles thing. I think you know I think she did such a good job for America, such a good job for herself. I want to say as well. But it did make us dig down and kind of really cheer for the other teammates. And I mean, they did good. 
I mean, they they no, were, they did wonderful. They, they, did great. they placed silver in the team all around, and I think as individuals, they they medaled in every mm-hmm. single. What do they call it? Not feat. Every single. Oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Don't as know. every apparatus. Oh, okay. There every you go. single apparatus. I think uh, an American place in the top yeah. three. It was just a bummer. I mean, and you know, Deb and I. We talked about all the weird sports that happen, and that's fun. But ultimately, you, you want yeah. to see your heroes be heroes, and maybe it lost a little something. Also, I think it's weird having sports happen while we're still like thoroughly in the throes of a pandemic. Because remember, there was nobody in the stands, yeah, and that was weird. That was weird. Yeah, it was in Japan, right? I think so. <laughs> I think it was too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about Squid Game becoming the number one Netflix show in the world? And Deb had to begrudgingly watch it. The woman who lives and dies on horrible Scandinavian movies and television yeah. shows did not want to watch this I, Korean on, based show. And, and just so everybody knows I'm on Israeli film right now, <laughs> but <laughs> only because I've exhausted all the Scandinavian things and the French things. Yep. Um, Squid game. It took me a while. I told you I started then I was like, eh, and then I got back to it. I think it was a long airplane trip that finally did it for me on squid game. I downloaded it. Yeah. And, um, like it, I will tell you. I mean, it got to me. You know, it it was it was good. It, it didn't was, really. She's lying. She, no, I'm not. I think the first thing she said to me was that pink wig was very fake. <laughs> the pink wig was bad. You have to admit the pink wig was bad. I, that was not the first thirty things I would have thought of when it came to that okay, show. Well, I mean, you know. Um, In retrospect, yeah, probably wasn't <laughs> great, but that's your one takeaway, and that's weird. I, you know, what was so hard. Uh, for me was he finally was in a place where he could see his daughter like he because he was considered successful like he did he did well right he had a million dollars and um, he walked away from seeing his daughter to go back and play the game again well to go back in not play it well not but to go back in the game yeah. well to go yeah right the wrongs yeah is that what he's going to do is yeah it, is it going to be squid game part two yeah they're going to do it on a big ship out in the ocean oh is that true uh-huh Oh, wow. Well, that'll watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably the biggest thing, if you were raised in the 90s or you're a fan of pop culture or you're a female or even a gay man, we freed Britney Spears. Thank God. (laughs) Free Britney Spears. Let her be as weird as she wants to be on social media. She is. Let her have control of all of her money. Let her spend it in the worst ways possible. Free Britney there was documentaries, there was podcasts. The conservatorship ended after 13 that is years. Wild. That is Imagine wild. Imagine not having any say in your life for 13 years. So here's what I want to say to all the young women of the world. Like don't get rich, don't get famous, don't, don't start beating paparazzi with umbrellas. Yeah, don't shave your head under any circumstances because then I mean, I will say like I don't know that Britney is right. I mean, meaning right. Well, one of the one of the, I don't mean right one of the most wrong. profound things I ever heard was um, somebody who was like inside their camp, who was like a documentarian or something, said, "Here's what you don't understand about the Spears. These people were poor by Louisiana standards, and then all of a sudden, they had one daughter mm-hmm. who rose to. I mean, you want to talk about rarefied air, the air that probably nobody had ever seen before and was given all of this fame and all of this money and all of these doors to open. And she was 16. Yeah. And then- Well, no, it started even before that. Well, the Mickey Mouse thing, but like when she hit, she was 16, 17, 18, whatever it was. 
And then everybody said, just take all of this stuff and figure out life. And then we were all shocked when the girl who came from nothing, who overnight was given everything, somehow didn't manage it well. I mean, like her heart was broken when Justin Timberlake dumped her. I mean, that's a real thing, which we didn't treat real, right? Of course not. I I, I mean, Deb definitely didn't treat real because we know that she's the number one Justin stan over here. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I think that um, here's the thing that, to me, it was so sad about. Well, there are a thousand sad things about that. But, you know, it's like her father and mother kept her working. Yep. No matter what, she had to show up and work. They were not going to let that money train die. Nope. So, girl, you better stay in shape. You better look good. You better, do you mean, you better show up. You better work. I don't care what kind of drugs you're on. You better do it because the money train. Because if Brittany would have really, if, if somebody would have said she really has some emotional and mental health problems. We all would have said, yes, absolutely. And we need to take care of her. And Brittany would have disappeared for a time, meaning that she was getting the help she needed. I've got to believe there was more than enough money at that point in time to support all the Spears family. Do you know what I mean? And- I imagine when celebrities of that status go into any type of treatment, the treatment facility just gives it to them carte blanche because they want the publicity everything, for it. Everything, everything. And I mean, that that to me is like, how can you, this is your daughter, this is your beloved child. How can you still throw her out there on a stage every night? That part is crazy to me. What do you think um, Britney Spears' net worth is, according to Google? I don't know, $500 million or something? That's exactly what I would have thought. It says her current net worth is estimated at $70 million. That's it? That's exactly what I thought. It's exactly what now, I thought. listen, $70 million is a hell of a lot of money. Clearly. So, but a, a woman who has been yeah. making music, touring, standing shows in Vegas for 10 plus years or whatever it is, I would have expected hard nine figures. Yeah. Hard nine for figures. Because sure. it says even... Um, most of her assets, like $56 million, are reportedly in the forms of investments in real estate. Interesting. Isn't that wild? And I heard that her dad just came back to her for some money to live on. I would have absolutely oh. executed him. Yeah, for Squid sure. game style. For sure. I mean, listen, here's the thing. Brittany's different. I mean, she's, she's just, built different. She's just different. She sees the world through a different lens. I and we love her for that. God bless her and yeah. let her be in charge. Free Britney, hashtag, we did it. <laughs> this podcast didn't do it. No, we didn't. I mean, as a community, we, yeah, we did uh, it. For yeah. Jeopardy and yeah. Mike Richards, hashtag, Deb and Kev did it. Mm-hmm. But for Britney, hashtag, good job, everybody yeah, else. good job, everybody else. All right, Deb, as we wind this podcast down, we got about 15, 20 minutes left. Let's talk about all the weird New Year's traditions that happen around the world and here at home. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of Hoppin' John or Hoppin' Johnny? Hoppin' Johnny. Yeah. Hop, H-O-P-P-I-N-G, hopping. Hoppin'. Hoppin'. Hoppin' John. Hoppin' John. It's no. said that anyone who makes this dish of black-eyed peas, pork, and rice on January 1st will experience luck and peace for the rest of the year. And maybe prosperity, too, according to History.com, Hoppin' John, and it still is, often eaten with collard greens, which can resemble paper money and golden cornbread. Yeah, okay. No? No. Not that there. doesn't sound good to you? You know, no. I mean, I could eat that food. That's not a problem. But no. not it, You're not willing to eat Hoppin' John to have an entire year of being lucky. I think I could do some other things that would give me as same chance as Hoppin' John. No. Like, you don't get to eat a brisket and just say, like, 
hey, and now I'm no, going to have luck I for think this there year. Are other things that are known to bring you good luck for a year. Well, of course. That's the segment that we're doing right now. <laughs> no. So I don't. So care. you don't want to eat. I don't want to eat. You just don't want to eat. Okay, Gary Zener. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't want to eat that. Well, if you find yourself. But wait, in, will I lose 10 pounds? Because if I lose 10 pounds. Well, if you decide you're not going to eat for a year, I think you're going to lose more than that. All right. If you live in Brazil, all you have to do is jump seven waves. If you head to the beach, you can increase your luck by heading into the water and jumping over seven consecutive waves to bring you luck in the new year. I'll do that all day. But you're going to be malnourished. Well, You're not yeah, going to have any I energy. Hop and John. Yeah. So you won't eat Hop and John, but you'll jump seven waves. Is Hop, Hop and John must be from the southern part oh of the United God. States. Oh, my God. Yeah, right? it's definitely not okay. from the Pacific yeah. Northwest. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll do the waves in Brazil for sure. All right, Deb, uh, shooting up to Scandinavia, although I don't think this country is technically part of Scandinavia. Denmark? Yeah, Denmark is, is for it? sure. Do we 100%. include Denmark in the, in the Greenland, Iceland places? No, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, they're all connected. They touch. I don't feel like Denmark's a part of Scandinavia. Denmark is 100% a part. Copenhagen, Denmark, come on, Kevin. Is it in Scandinavia? Yes. Is Denmark in Scandinavia? Yes. Resounding yes. Oh, dang, you're right. Ugh, Sorry. Sometimes. I thought I read somewhere that it wasn't a part no. of it. Are you thinking Finland? Oh, maybe I'm thinking, no, it says Finland's a part too. Okay. So yeah, in English usage, Scandinavia can refer to Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, sometimes more narrowly to the Scandinavian Peninsula, or more broadly to include, I've never even heard of, Åland Islands, A-L-A-N-D mm -hmm. Islands, the Faroe Islands, Finland, Faroe Islands, and yeah. Iceland. Okay, nice. well, there you go. Uh, all right, Deb, you don't want to eat anything, but you'll play in the water. How about in Denmark, will you smash some plates People go around breaking dishware on the doorsteps of their friends and family. The more shards that are in front of your home the next day, the luckier and more well-liked you are, unless, you know, you have to sweep it all up. I love that. I knew I you would love that. I absolutely love that. Because here's no, why Deb I loves that. I love it. And A, allows Deb to declutter. <laughs> yes, for sure. And then she gets to go up to her friend and say, I love you, smash this it's, dish, and then uh, have no responsibility cleaning it up later. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, it would be my annual spring cleaning. I, in fact, today I was putting- Deb might do it in July. I was unloading the dishwasher today mm -hmm. and we have like, and this is not because, this is because we've gotten them over the years, mostly gifted to us, but we have several sets of nice china. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, Kevin needs to take, Kevin needs to take one of nope, these when he Kevin goes. does not. Kevin, Kevin needs does to not. take, I don't need all these sets. And I was thinking like, if these break, I, I there are some I do care but the ones I was putting away, yeah. the light green, if mm -hmm. these break, I don't even care. Oh, and really? I, Who do those belong to? Who'd you get those from? Oh, no, those came from Daddy's older sister. Uh -huh. got, uh, it's a huge set. It's got them when she got married. And then- Got divorced. Her, her Got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> she was about to break them, and Dad was you know, young and had nothing, said, I'll he take them. said, we're em. not in Denmark. Yeah, we're not in Denmark. I'll take them. And we've had them ever since, so- but they're nice. Uh, see, I thought that that was like our family, and technically it is our family, it is our but family. it's like, we, I don't even remember the last time I saw that woman. Yeah. No, no. You would want the ones on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those belong ones, to us. Those belong to us. Yeah. Not that dad's not a part of us, but like yeah. dad's family's definitely not a part yeah, of us. Yeah. Yeah. But the, no, the breaking, because you know what? There is all that thing too. Um, in Jewish weddings, and I think it's in the civil wedding, like the mothers jointly mm -hmm. take a plate. Mazel tov. Good it's times. Wrapped, yeah. It's yeah. wrapped in a cloth and they... I love you know, it. So I, I love all that. Any reason to break anything? Yeah. Oh, I'm there. I'm about it. Makes me happy. All right, Deb. Well, in Spain, we're going to go towards more food. Mm. 
at the stroke of 12, the stroke of 12? Yeah, stroke of midnight. You eat one grape for every month at every ding of the bell. So 12 grapes? You eat 12 grapes. Eating one grape at each of midnight's 12 o'clock chimes oh, guarantees you a lucky year. I get it. Yeah, that's cute. I would do You're going to have to eat really fast, You're going to have to bite and swallow. Chipmunk bite and swallow. cheeks. Yeah, chipmunk cheeks. Fortunately, yeah. it's grapes. What kind of grapes would you eat? Um, uh, yeah, see, my other question would be like, is there a type of grape? Because what if I wanted to eat those little baby champagne grapes? Oh, those are great. Listen, I will eat any grape. I'll eat uh, those black grapes. I'll eat the red grapes. I just don't want them to have seeds. As long as there are no seeds, I'll eat any kind of grapes. Here's the caveat. If you fail to consciously finish your grapes by the time the clock stops chiming, you'll face misfortune in the new year. See, I love that. A competitive thing where really... Like hell hath no fury, right? Leave it up to Deb, just yep. making weird competitions yep. out of stuff where there like was it. never a competition <laughs> like before. It. Oh, you you bet. If you're sitting around a whole table full of people yeah. and they're doing the grapes, there's competition. But you sure. have to do it at every chime. You can't just shove 12 grapes in your mouth. I think it's got to go in. You've got to just bite it and swallow. I think you just... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just suck it. <laughs> All right, Deb, let's go to the Greek Isles. Onions are a symbol of good luck and fertility because they sprout even when no one is paying attention to them. On New Year's Eve, families in Greece hang bundles of onions above their doors as a means of inviting that prosperity into their home and into the new year. Would do that in a heartbeat. Hanging onions? Hanging onions. I, I just think like like that would be, you know, it's kind of like hanging a bunch of lavender. I mean, I can get behind that. Let's go back to Denmark. And I'm going to see if Deb would say yes to this, knowing that it's a total health hazard to specifically her. Okay. In Denmark, people stand on their chairs and <laughs> leap into January at midnight to bring good luck uh, and banish bad spirits. I have to jump. <laughs> you got to A, get up on the chair. <laughs> and then when the <laughs> clock strikes 12, you got to jump <laughs> off that chair. I'm not gonna... <laughs> So mean. I asked if you would do it. Look, fortunately, in Denmark, you can just smash plates instead. It's a low chair. I'll do it. It's a low (laughs) chair for Deb. Okay, let's go to Walloon and oh no, we got we're going to Belgium because these are not actual things. Belgium. If you're Walloon and Flemish, and you're farmers in Belgium, you wish everyone a good year, including your livestock, cows, horses, pigs, Mm -hmm. chickens. That way they too will have a productive and good new year. Oh, I like that. That's beautiful. This is not assigned to any particular country, but it's a common superstition. So apparently lots of people Mm -hmm. do it. Keep the windows open and the doors open to let in the new year into your home. You know, I can get behind that, except it's been like, I don't know, in the teens at night here. Well, Deb... You don't just get to let the new year in if it's, you know, hot and humid. You got to let all forms of the new year in. Oh, man, that would be hard. I guess you just bundle down up for What happens if you cross-reference that with Denmark smashing plates? So you got your friends coming up. You're like, hey, I'm letting the new year in. And they're like, great, here's some shards of porcelain as well. Yeah, that would be terrible. I don't know if I'm good. I love the idea of it. I mean, I love the idea like... You know, like there's a Danish thing about like when somebody passes that you're supposed to open the window next to them. Yes. I mean, which I think is just, I love that. Do you know what I mean? For their spirit um, to fly. I love that kind of thing. Unless, of course, it's 
10 degrees out, you know, then, then it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, this is the last one that I think is cool because a, it's from America and B, I don't know how I have never once heard of this, but I think we'll start doing it. I think we should all start doing it. This is something that as podcast hosts and podcast listeners, we should all agree to do. Okay. Okay. In upstate New York, they sell special peppermint pigs all throughout the holiday season. And these pigs are like little pink pigs, okay? Mm -hmm. Everyone gets to take a turn hitting it with a special candy-sized hammer. This thing looks like a metal toothpick with a little hammerhead on the end of it. So it's all tiny. Yep. And eating a piece for good fortune in the coming year. The peppermint is very strong, so only take a small piece. But at least you'll start the year with fresh breath. So I think what happens is you get this little pig, which looks like it's no bigger than a business card. Okay. You have your small little metal hammer. Yeah. And I think whenever somebody comes over or whenever you have a party, everybody gets to take the little baby hammer, hit the pig. Yeah. Take whatever piece falls off the pig. Because it's so strong like Chinese horseradish. Yep. yep. Consume it. And that's the luck you take into the I new year. I could do that. I could do that. I feel like that's something that you would have heard about. I, I, I've never heard that. But Kev, you know, for 10 years now, we've done something on New Year's. Oh, well, that's your story. You learned that from a friend of ours. So a friend of ours, and he told this story with such genuine sincerity, and he was so, like, authentically committed to this. And he said, you know, when you really want to um, bring good luck, yep. you take your favorite mug as if, you know, as if we had one we each drank out of, but you... Each take your Deb takes, and Kev mug, take your Deb which and Kev Deb mug, is still going to ship to everybody before the new year. Soon, soon. Take your Deb and Kev mug, and then you have to go find a shiny quarter, a shiny dime, a shiny nickel, and a shiny penny. And everyone puts those in their mug, each in your own. Yep. And then you set them out in the clear air on New Year's Eve and let them sit out all night and bring them in in the morning. And it's going to bring you abundance and good luck. And we've done that for the last 10 years. Deb is very generous. When she says we, she it, uses the royal we because Deb has done it for all of us. I've done it for everybody. Well, we don't you remember, though, one year we were with them, our yep. friends that told us about this, up at Lake Tahoe, and we um, dug through the snow and set our cups out on a on the fence post. Do yep. you remember that? So you you were part of it then. Do you remember what else happened while we were up there? I was supposed to sleep on the futon, and we opened oh, up the yeah. futon, and mice had gotten into the futon. Yeah. And I mean, like, mice. Hundreds of mice had gotten into but the futon. Hundreds of mice were not there when we were there. Deb, they all died in the futon. Oh, I don't remember that. They got into the That's futon. That's because I got to sleep in the bedroom. Died in so the cold. futon. Mm. And so Kevin did not sleep on that futon. Are you, did, you, did you have to sleep up with well, the Well, we kicked out room? one of the adults to go sleep with the kids because they were family. So oh, then I okay. got the spare bedroom and I didn't have to sleep on the dead mice. Oh, that, I forgot that. Yeah, I didn't because yeah. I was about to sleep on a bed of dead mice. <laughs> well, anyways, so aren't you glad that we, I, and we still, this New Year's, we'll put them out. I mean, three cups with all the change in it, yeah. shiny coins, and we'll put them on the front porch, welcoming the New Year. I love it. I love anything that can give me, and more importantly, my mom, positivity mm. heading in to 2022. Debbie Downer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they don't call her Debbie Downer hey, listen, for nothing. I feel like 2022. Yeah. I, I'm. Here's the thing. I'm never going to banish COVID again. Well, I don't think you did. I think I did. Well, I think you did. Hand but, up, I did. But I'm not, I, like, COVID gets to do whatever it wants. Clearly. I'm just going to take precautions and react. Yeah. 
And uh, I heard the good thing about the Omni variant is that if you actually get the Omni variant, and in no way are we encouraging anybody to go get the Omni variant, that it's it actually reduces, if not totally eliminates, your risk of getting the Delta variant, which the Delta variant has more severe symptoms. Oh, wouldn't that be nice if that were true? Like it's starting to cannibalize itself almost. Oh, that would be great. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I remember like reading it or hearing it. Don't quote me on it and certainly don't start going and huffing other people's breath in hopes of getting the Omni variant. Remember, we are not medical professionals. At all. And mostly we don't know what we're talking about. None of it. <laughs> I, I am taking full responsibility for getting rid of a guy's job on a television show. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which is how Kevin remains so optimistic it's true. all the time. Life is easy to navigate <laughs> if you assume all the good things happened because you simply exist. It's a really great life hack where if you have total, absolute mind manipulation, as Deb would say, to believe that everything that's good that happens to people you don't even know is simply because you're breathing air that day. That's a life hack. That's awesome. Here's what I do love about New Year's, though. Do it. I love it that it's a time of reflection to some degree, which is really what we did in hopefully a humorous way. But, you know, looking back, I love that. And I mean, because I really genuinely do that. I kind of take inventory. And then I love it that it is, and it's not a reset button, but it really truly feels like a new beginning. Agreed. Like whatever it is you want to do, that you have the energy. And, you know, it it feels like New Year's gives you a little bit of a a little bit of a forward thrust to the yep. new, to the new beginning which i love that i agree we also got super cool gifts last night oh my gosh i almost cried yeah but i'm i'm in that place where i almost cry to, over to be fair deb saw like a <laughs> butterfly the other day and was just like <laughs> convulsing on the ground um, but this was worth a, t- a shed a tear it, it's like the coolest gift it's the most novel gift and like the most timely gift you can give to somebody so got a gift from our friend brant in wyoming and uh there are two books, and the books have, I mean, how do you even describe Well, no, no. So there's, we each got one book. We each book. got a book. You're meant to catalog your life every day for five years, but on each page, it'll say January 1st, and then it'll say like 20 space, and then leave lines for you to fill in to answer the question that it poses to you. So it would say something like, what are you proud of? And on in January 1st of 2022, you'll write what you're proud of. On January 1st on 2023, you'll write what you're proud of. On January 1st, 2024, you'll write what you're proud of. I, I was just picturing it. Like, first of all, the questions are simple. Like a, a long narrative is not necessary no, at all. Like it encourages one sentence. Yeah. And so, I mean, in some cases, like a word or two, I mean, would, would satisfy it. But I'm picturing this book being full. I'm picturing all sorts of different ink, you know, colors, you know, I mean, ink being written in it. I, and what you, what you see is that whole page together. You don't have to go look for 2023 or 2024. It's on the 2022 page. Yep. That's where it starts out. And I mean, just looking back and just seeing your own evolution of what you thought of any given question at any given time. Totally. These, this is the I, so exciting. But then here's the other thing. This is the thing that almost made me cry. First of all, Brant wrote the most beautiful note to us, which was heartwarming. I'm assuming it was entirely meant for you, and then he just kind of thrust me in there. Because all of it applied to you and less to me. No, because he sent it to the Deb and Kev pod. Well, I know, but a lot of people compliment our podcast, and I know they're really just complimenting you. I don't think that's true. I think you're wrong in this way. But 
we had said in one of the podcasts that I was definitely a golden retriever. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, I'm the one, like, if you yell at me, I go in the corner and cower, you won't get more work out of me. But if you applaud me, I just work and work and work and work, and I'm happy to do it. My tail just wags, right? That's true, too. He found the most beautiful kind of bronze-colored golden retriever brooch. It is gorgeous. And he said he bought it. It's been sitting on his desk forever. And he included it in the package. And I just almost died. So, Brant, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we do love you. You mean the world to us. But now that I've got the golden retriever brooch, life, I'm going into 2022. So sassy and confident. Life is going to change Big time. I like that her son trying to spin everything into be a good thing isn't going to help Deb, but a golden retriever brooch yep. is the thing she needed it. to be reminded of Yep, that's going to make 2022 good for her. Anything else? This is the last podcast before people hear us in four days. Oh, I don't think I have anything else. I'm just hoping, listen, we're kind of in this little snow globe, snowbound world here. Yep. So we're all bundled up and, you know, we're have fires in the fireplace and all of that. So we're, we're, we're in a different spot than some of the other people in the United States, True, but it does feel like the end of the year here. I mean, it feels, oh yeah, big time. it feels like that. I can, I can feel it. I can sense it. I can also feel the new beginning and I think I'm super excited for it. What a whirlwind of emotion this podcast has been as it relates to Deb's feelings <laughs> in the moment. There is nothing that better encapsulates living with my mom right now than just asking her a same question over and over and getting multiple answers contrary to the ones before. We love it. And you didn't have to wait a year in between to get each of them. That's extremely true. But that's going to do it. The final podcast of 2021 for the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast and follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev Pod. Mom, I love you so much. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys in the new year. <laughs>